Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Hello, hello, welcome to the podcast. I am pumped to be talking to you about how to make change that actually lasts over the year. And I've called this episode a year of change because I believe that true change does take a bit of time. And as amazing as it would be to see how quickly you could get results and you you can get results quite fast when you start to change your diet realistically the year is what builds habits and one thing that I always say to my daughter my my daughter's really funny because she likes the idea of being a skater and she'll watch skate videos she'll watch me and she'll always say something like when I'm six or when I'm seven I'll be as good as this person and she has this perception that when she's older and when time has passed she'll be better and I always say yeah possibly you can but what that's going to require is a lot of practice and the reason that you will get better if you do is because you would have put in a whole lot of repetitions and really that's what significant time gives us is it gives us proof that we put in the reps consistently enough that there are enough trials and tribulations along the way that we're still going to stand firm. And so I want you to be thinking as you're going into this episode that your journey, weight loss and habits, building, fitness, whatever it is that is causing you to listen to this weird Kiwi, you're going to give yourself a longer timeline than what you'd like Let's think about this in, as in terms of a year so that you can build the repetitions and the consistency that you know that this is the rest of your life. So if we're going to change over the course of the next year, then we've got to look at what are the ingredients to that. And the only real ingredients are consistency and repetition. So what is repetition or reps? Reps are the same action that has been done thousands of times. Reps are how we build habits. Just like when I say to my daughter, it's not about age. It's not about you being a year older that's going to dictate whether you're good at skating. It's whether you've gone out and hopped on your board hundreds, if not thousands of times. And so repetitions are how we train our brains that under certain situations, we should act in a certain way. It's why when you go and hop into a car, you put your seatbelt on by default because you've done that hundreds of times. It's why at night you brush your teeth because you've done that thousands 
even with the seatbelts, it's thousands, thousands of times. Under a certain stimuli, you get a certain result. And that's really how your brain forms habits. So what is consistency then? So we need reps. What is consistency? Consistency, I would define as the action that gets results. It has to actually be doing some kind of repetition that you know if you do it long enough, you will see the change that you're wanting to see. Because we can have consistency in our actions currently, and we probably will unless we change something. But if our consistency in our actions is that we go out and we drink every night and we eat the peanut butter popcorn that's sitting up there in the cupboard that I've been eyeballing, I mean, sorry, you have been eyeballing for many, many weeks, then that is going to lead to the same results that you have today. So we're going to switch what we talk about in terms of consistency. I use this word consistency a lot in our program. And it's really just a change in actions to be reflective of the kind of person you're going to need to be in order to get the result. And so all getting to the goal is once you have these two ingredients, once you have a path and you're consistent along that path, then you just need these two things. That's what getting to the goal is going to need. You're going to do the action that leads to the result long enough and enough times to get the result. And then when you think about what keeping the goal is, which is why we're talking about this in terms of a year, because you can do the action and you can have consistency over a shorter term, let's say a couple of weeks. But at that point, it's simply not long enough to have formed the habits that that is going to last because you've only got days of performing those repetitions and they're not going to beat the years of the other repetitions. When it comes to building habits and changing the way that we act, we've almost got to have this burden of proof, what we do, a burden of proof in our actions that we now act a different way under the same kind of stimuli than we did in the past. And that's volume. That's all it is. It's just muscle memory. It's just pattern recognition. It's just our brains going on autopilot because we've done something enough times. So keeping the goal is really just continuing on to do the actions because they've become part of who you are. So there's some intentionality here as well because I have seen people that lose the weight and they'll they'll have those consistent habits they do that over a long enough time and then some of those behaviors start to slip and we're going to talk about that today because there's three pillars of long-term change they are mostly to do with habits they are to do with consistency and going through this valley of despair that we're all going to experience as we go through change but then we're also going to look at intentionality and what are the behaviors that we continue long term and how to make those things sustainable and how to have really really clear expectations of ourselves and boundaries so that those don't start to slip now the cool part about this. This is the part that I want you to to really latch hold of. And if you need to repeat it, then go and do that. Or stop what you're doing right now. If the kids are screaming, put them in the cupboard, lock the door. Not, please don't do that. Please don't report me to social services. You know what I mean? This part matters right here. If you do the consistent action that is going to lead to results, the consistency piece, plus you do the repetitions long enough, you cannot help but get to your goal. Let me say that again. If you do the actions that you know that are guaranteed to get to results, 
if you do those things long enough, you cannot help but get to your goal. So this is the success star, if you will, that you can hitch to. This is the success formula and every successful person follows this. I think this is one of the most hopeful things that we can have as people who are trying to change or trying to achieve something because it means that as long as we know, like this is the first piece here, as long as we know what the actions are that we need to be consistent with, as long as we have something in place to stay consistent over a long enough time, then we can be assured of a goal. And I I heard this thing the other day about why is entrepreneurship hard? And I think an entrepreneurship is very, very similar to weight loss. And everyone talks about it being difficult. I heard this real and the guy was saying the reason that entrepreneurship is different, difficult is because you have sacrifice. You are putting in so much time and effort. You're struggling along. You're potentially spending money and sacrificing friendships and relationships and, and, and time and effort and all these things and pain and the stress involved in that. And you don't know if you're going to get a payoff. You don't see the payoff. You're putting in massive input for no guarantee of output. Or maybe it's the other way, output, but I don't know. And I think weight loss is the same. And this is where things get really dicey and struggling and we feel frustrated as we put in massive input and then we don't actually see output. But what I want to propose to you today is that as long as you're doing those right things, you will see output. Like this is the difference is it doesn't have to be I'm going to put in massive input and I don't know if I'm going to get results. It can be I'm going to put in massive input and I know I will get results. I just have to do it longer than I thought I would. Is that fair? Does that make sense? So let's talk about what those things are. The biggest thing that it's going to come down to, really the only thing in terms of weight loss is that you eat in a calorie deficit. And so what this means is that you are eating less calories than what you your body is burning and that is going to create a, a deficit in terms of the energy that your body needs to survive. That's why it's called a calorie deficit. You could call it an energy deficit. Essentially, you're just not getting enough fuel to power your body. And so because energy can neither be created or destroyed, this is one of the laws of thermodynamics, we need to take that energy from somewhere. We're powering our body every day and if it takes 2,000 calories and there's only 1,600 available to use, please don't use these as absolute numbers, just as an, as an idea, then 400 calories has to come from somewhere. Your body is using that up. So what happens in a very simplified way is it is forced to dip into your rainy day fund, your stored fat cells. This is like when you go to the grocery store I don't know if anyone else does this, but I certainly do. I go to the grocery store and I pay for my groceries or I put my card through. And there's times where I'm just like hoping and praying that it's not going to decline. And I know that I have money, but I'm just not always convinced that it's in the right fund or it's in the right account. And so sometimes my bank's going to go, no, you don't actually have enough in there. And I'm going to have to dip into another fund and I'm going to transfer money right there really awkwardly at the checkout line and say, hey, can you give me a minute? And then 
that money's going to go through. And it's the same kind of thing with your weight loss. So we're depleting those stored fat cells. The reason that you have stored fat is because at some point you were eating in a surplus. At some point you had more calories than you, need, you needed. And because, like we said, energy can't be created or destroyed, your body's going, hey, I'm going to store that away. Zombie apop- apocalypse, uh, World War Three, some random thing that's going to happen, stranded on a desert island, and then I'm going to use it then. So that's what happens when you get into a calorie deficit. So how do you get into a calorie deficit? You just need to change what you're doing from your starting point. So right now, you're going to be eating a certain number of calories. You do not need to know what that is, but you will have foods in your diets, in your diet that are lower in calories and foods that are higher in calories. You will have behaviors in your lifestyle where sometimes you eat lower calorie foods and sometimes you eat higher calorie foods. And when it comes to calorie inputs, when it comes to the foods that we eat, there are behaviors and there are foods that have a massive calorie load. If you go out for dinner and you have a couple of drinks and you have a a restaurant meal, like I went out and had some Thai yesterday. If I was to have some drinks with that, if I was to go and then have some Ben and Jerry's and maybe snack on some chips, if I was then to go and have a full-blown binge, you can have a 5,000 calorie night very, very easily. Your body's not going to burn that over the course of a night. It's going to take it days, if not a week for it to burn that. So the amount that you can input is so much more than the amount that you can output. And so this is good news when it comes to understanding how this works because you go, hang on a minute, if I'm maintaining my weight right now and I'm, I'm not losing, but I'm not really gaining either, then if I eliminate 5,000 calories in terms of a binge from my lifestyle on a weekly basis, then I'm now 5,000 calories less than what I would normally be. So instantly, if I'm maintaining, which means that I'm the calories coming in and the calories coming out are, are relatively stable, then conceivably, hypothetically, it doesn't exactly work like this because there's a lot going on in your body, but hypothetically, if you remove 500 calories from what is maintenance for you over the course of the week, then that's five 5,000 calories less over the course of the week, which would result in a calorie deficit. And so all we really need to do when it comes to get getting into a calorie deficit is increase the amount of low calorie foods that we're eating and decrease the amount of high calorie foods that we're eating. Because then we've lowered our overall calorie consumption and we don't have to know a number for this. This is the coolest part. You don't have to count for this to work. In fact, it's better if you don't because counting, you only count when you're doing the things that you feel like you should anyway. You're counting the broccoli and the tofu. Nobody's counting the five beers. Nobody does that. Nobody's like putting a binge into my fitness pal to see how much it is or the handfuls of chips. So... We're going to focus on changing behavior 
and we're going to look at how do we eat more whole foods. And I want to stop this right here and say, if you don't know what to be eating for fat loss, if you do not know how to build a weight loss plate, then stop what you're doing and go and get my free Kickstarter course. Because I want this episode to be focused on the behavioral change stuff. And I can show you so much easier than I can tell you about what kind of things you you can be doing or you should be doing in order to get into that deficit. And saying that, there's about five things that we're going to talk about in terms of building core habits, which is the first pillar when it comes to these three pillars of changing and transforming over the course of a year. And just in general, it doesn't, it's not just, it's not a year, it's just having substantial transformative change is going to take these three things. So the first one is to solidify core habits. So as you're starting to build these repetitions, you are going to solidify them with more reps. And so this is where time comes in because a few months or even a few weeks or for most people, a few days of doing something is just simply not long enough. They say that it takes 21 days to form a habit. It's not actually true. The amount of days that you do something has got nothing to do with whether you form a habit or not. Like I said, we need to have the burden of proof that now this is our default action. And that actually takes hundreds of repetitions. And if you do something sporadically over the course of a, of a couple of weeks, then it's just like my daughter saying, well, I'm going to be really good at skating when I'm six. And then thinking that she doesn't have to do anything between now and then for that to happen. So it's not about time. It's always about more repetitions. So having this timeline and when you think about a year as a good length of time then having a year behind you of these core habits is crucial because you it gives you that time to put in the repetitions and so when it comes to thinking about how you're going to transform and, and having this recipe for success most of the time we just haven't done something long enough and so if we're frustrated and we feel like we haven't seen results yet it's because we haven't put in the reps consistently enough for long enough and that's all it is. And I think about this fact often in when I'm skating and when I'm trying to make YouTube videos, when I'm trying to do anything that I feel uncomfortable and out of my depth with and I feel frustrated that I'm not seeing results. And I always ask myself, what do I need in terms of reps in order to feel differently than what I do now when I'm on my skate ramp I quite often think this that feels difficult right now this kick turn or this rock to fakie whatever I'm doing the reason that I look at someone else and it's seamless for them is that they've done it a thousand times more probably more than that honestly but they've done it thousands of times more than I have so the only way that I get better as I do it a thousand times and so it removes a lot of the pressure to work on technique or to optimize or to figure out like where are the things I need to tweak and I just focus on reps and I just focus on getting them in so at this point when you're starting out your journey and really at any point in your journey because a lot of us just need to go back to basics if you're if you do not have solid core habits that you are doing every single day and that you are getting your reps in then put blinkers on and just focus on this so the things that I believe are the most important when it comes to actually losing weight and and focusing on it in terms of daily repetitions are very specific and these are things that 
we have trialed and tested inside of the Lean of Plants program. And one of the amazing benefits of having a, a program where now we've had over 1,600 women come through. And some of that has been in the previous program that we had where we had a core video course that people could watch and we had this community and we'd see how people would go through that and then now over the last year switching to a coaching program and being able to work closely one-on-one with people to actually implement those things what I think has been awesome is having such a bird's eye view and being able to test and, and try what are the things that actually work because Here's what we know to be true. We know that calorie counting doesn't. We know that counting macros doesn't. We know that feeling restricted doesn't work. And so what I've come to realize, and this is very much supported by behavioral change science, is it's almost always easier to win by a consistent action as opposed to a consistent inaction. Because if you do something and you do it consistently then you feel like you're making more progress because it's not dependent on you being perfect. Let me give you an example. The first thing that you need to be doing in terms of building core habits is eating your vegetables every single day. This is a non-negotiable. You need to work to build this into your lifestyle. There's a couple of ways to do this. Some of our clients have a daily veggie box and we've found, we've found this to be super effective. Measure out a pound of vegetables every single day. And then your goal is to just remove the veggies from that box and have them as sides, put them in your meals, snack on them. You're eating a pound of non-starchy, so this is not potatoes, this is broccoli, carrots, cauliflower, snap peas, cherry tomatoes. You're going to be eating at least a pound of those every single day. What I do and what I still do to this day that I've done throughout the entirety of my 40 pound weight loss is I cook with a lot of vegetables because I do I do make a lot of meals. So lunch I will always have some kind of side of veggies or I will have a big salad. I'm always asking myself how can I add more vegetables to my meal so that I eat a buttload of them. Dinner, I'm doing the same. Cooked up a risotto the other night. In the risotto is going leek and broccoli and mushrooms and spinach and capsicum. And so I'm thinking about how can I add as many vegetables as I possibly can? Because what happens then is on my plate, the bulk is going to say the same. The What's going to fill me is going to be a pretty consistent volume of food. But if more and more and more of the food on my plate is vegetables up to a point because you can eat too many vegetables in, in some ways and then not get full enough from them. So you need to have starch in there as well. You need to have your potatoes, your rice, uh, your quinoa, all of those things. But when it comes to ratios, because vegetables are so low in calories, the plate that could be all risotto and all rice has now massively reduced in calories because the bulk is the same. I'm going to eat the same amount, but there's a ton of very, very low calorie 
elements in there. And so this is why eating vegetables is so incredibly important. It's going to take 16 stomachfuls of broccoli to get to 2,000 calories. No one can eat that in a day. No one can stuff themselves 16 times of broccoli. That's so many heads of broccoli. You're just not going to do that. You can do that with one restaurant meal very, very easily. You can do that with a few cookies. You can do that with some deep fried food. You can get to that 2,000 calories extremely easily. So veggies are going to help you to do this. So this is a daily habit that you need to be working on. But let's tie this into why an action is more powerful than an inaction. You have your daily veg. You're doing that every day. And you walk past the donut shop. You get tempted by a beautiful, creamy, vegan, Boston cream donut. You walk in and you buy that and you sink your teeth into it and then you have a couple more. If you have to be perfect and the only way you win is staying in a certain calorie number or that you don't eat those foods and that's the only way you can mark off that you've had a good day, then you failed. You can't have a good day now. And so you're going to feel really demoralized from that. You're going to have to, you're going to feel like you have to do something extreme to get back on track the next day. And you might even feel like, well, because I've ruined my diet, now it's a waste of time. I may as well just keep going. I may as well keep eating these donuts. I may as well go out for dinner. I may as well do anything else. Whereas if your goal is I'm going to eat my daily veggies, you can have a donut and you can still eat your daily veggies and you can still win and you can still build repetition around that action and you can you will be motivated to continue to do that action more. And this is so incredibly powerful because winning more and getting your reps in more, which is all winning is. When I say winning, all I'm meaning is doing the thing. If you take a day where no matter what happens, you get your veggies in, that's a rep. If you take a day where you have to be perfect to get a rep in and you don't get that in, then you are one rep behind what you could have been. So if you remember that repetitions are what it takes to build habits and what it takes to change, it is far more effective and the data supports this so incredibly strongly. You probably your own data does as well because if you look back in your life and you think about all those times you had to be perfect to succeed, they led you to where you are today. Having a daily action and rather than inactions is what leads people to phenomenal results because it breaks beliefs, it builds repetitions and it changes and interrupts patterns. And this is proving to yourself that even when things aren't perfect, even when you don't feel good about all your decisions, you can still make one positive step in the right direction. So daily veg is the first one. The second one is daily walking. Having some kind of minimum target in terms of a step goal or some kind of minimum movement goal. Incredibly important, not just for weight loss in terms of burning more calories. That's not what this is about. This is about creating habits that get you feeling good about your progress, stacking evidence that you are a healthy person, that that's going to translate into you feeling like you can do more of these healthy behaviors. And it's just really, really good for you. So it's it's an important habit to start now. And it's also really helpful in terms of uh, weight maintenance. So when it comes to something like walking or movement, 
you're wanting to choose something that is not going to be excessive amounts of cardio and is not going to be difficult to complete on a daily basis because we want to win more we want to get more reps in so that could be as simple as a 5,000 step goal so I have a 5,000 step goal I don't do a 10,000 step goal because I realize most of the time I don't hit it but a 5,000 step goal for my lifestyle where I'm just standing at a desk all day is still a little bit of a stretch for me and means that I actually will push myself to achieve it rather than feeling like hey 10,000 is too hard I'm not even going to try Number three is prioritizing strength training. And I keep coming back to this because I've become so incredibly convinced that strength training is vital. And strength training preserves muscle. As we age, we start to lose muscle density. We start to use lose bone density. I didn't used to talk a lot about exercise in terms of weight loss and from a calorie perspective exercise is not going to necessarily help you but what building muscle will do is it it will help you to burn more calories at rest it will help you to have a stronger body that is going to give you the energy that you need to do this it is going to make you feel so much better about yourself it is going to be preservative in terms of aging and dealing with the effects of menopause and I truly believe that strength training in a lot of ways is life or death I've come to believe that over time and so when it comes to building this as a habit I don't think that it's negotiable I think that this is a non-negotiable and this has changed for me I didn't used to believe this but I do now and so The easiest way to do this is to start to build a habit and a routine around workouts without necessarily focusing on what those workouts are. And so what I do and what I have done for the past four or five years is I've had a minimum target of walking into the gym three times a week. And there really will be days where it is just me walking in and then walking out because habit change is just about repetitions we've already talked about this you're going to hear me talk about it many many more times and so we want to be able to win with the easiest thing we possibly can so that there's no option that we don't get that rep in because you can build on repetition you can't build on something that's not there you can't build on a foundation that doesn't exist You have to have some kind of starting action. If you're going to go and do a killer workout, what's the first step of that? It's actually probably putting your workout clothes on. You do have to hop in the car and drive there unless you're going to walk there. At some point, you have to walk through the desk and sign in. There's all these little actions that are the setup to you doing the thing that you came there to do so when it comes to building habits you can start by just building a habit of those first things you can start by just building a habit of putting your workout clothes on because then from there if once you consistently do that and you've done that for many many times in many many different situations where you didn't want to then you can build on well what's the next thing what's the next logical step of that and once you start something it's much easier to keep going as well the hardest part is always starting so we want to we want to create that consistency there and then eventually become the kind of person that does does lift some weights does do some body weighted exercises if you're not going to use a gym that's fine do it at home Hugely important that you prioritize this. The fourth thing is having core meals. So as you go through the Kickstarter, as you understand what it is I need to do to lose weight, you're going to want to have 
core meals that fulfill those requirements in terms of low calorie density, they've got their tons of veggies in there, you've got your potatoes, you've got your starches, they're filling, they're satisfying, they taste delicious. You don't need many of these. You, you can have a core breakfast, a core lunch, and a core dinner, and you really don't need a whole lot more. But the reason for this is that we want to remove decision fatigue because we want to remove as many obstacles we as we possibly can to you getting those reps in. And we want to build something where it is consistent enough that you are building the reps. Like, I'm just going to keep saying this. And so you think about it this way. If all success is is repetition and consistency, if you have 10 different meals or if you're following a meal plan, every single time you go to make a new meal is one rep, is a new rep for that meal. But if you've made something 100 times, you've got 100 reps behind you. So the meal that you've made 100 times in terms of you building a habit around that, you knowing where to go and get the ingredients, what to have in your fridge, what to, how to make that meal fast, not have to think about it, not have to think about whether you want to eat it or not because you know that you like it because you've eaten it 100 times. That beats everything else that you're trying for the first time or that you're having to think about, well, what am I going to do? Look up a recipe because you're removing the obstacles to actually starting because now it's autopilot because you've done it long enough. So core meals and simplified decision making, one or two things, max five that you, five dinners, like choose five, like max, cap yourself out at that, be minimalist in your cooking. That's how you build repetitions. That's how you build consistency. And I see this time and time again with our most successful clients. Like I said, bird's eye view, absolutely phenomenal. This is why I can say what I say with so much assurity because it's not just what I've seen in my own life. It's the systems that we've designed for the people inside of Lean of Plants and then we can go, hey, like this worked, this didn't. Where can, we, where can we tweak this? How can we make this work even better? And so now there's just data that supports this. The people that have the simplified core meals, the people that eat similar things every single day, they build a component bowl and they throw some things together in the microwave. Keisha, who's lost 80 pounds, she does broccoli in the microwave and she does potatoes in the microwave and then she puts on some lentils or some tofu and some Trader Joe's hummus. And that's her meals. Serena, who has lost 160 pounds, she puts some potatoes on in the pressure cooker and she cooks those up and then she makes a huge salad and she just uses whatever veggies are in season. She uses some hummus and avocado and some edamame and some tofu. Core meals and simplicity are where it's at because you build repetitions. Same thing in the gym, same thing in anything that you're doing. New and exciting feels great because our brains love that. New and exciting is not good when it comes to actually creating consistency. And the people who are most successful in life have the most boring routines because it allows them to think about other things and not get that decision fatigue and not have those barriers to actually completing them. The The fifth thing that I believe is important is to have a prep system and have a habit around prep. So we always talk about you can do your prep in an hour a week and to have some kind of rolling prep. All rolling preppers is a consistent trigger with a consistent action. Trigger being when I run out of a certain food component, I will prep more. And so you're building a habit around that action 
And there's no thought process around it. There's no, well, what am I going to make? How am I going to make it? What do I want to eat this week? It's just, when I ran out of potatoes, I will cook more. That's it. And so for me, I do potatoes, but I also do tofu. When I run out of tofu, I will prep more. I will cut it up. I will put nooch on it and I will put vegeta, veggie stock, and I will have that ready to go so that it's ready for me. Have a consistent rolling prep system. I have a lot of, I always have broccoli. So when I get home from shopping or the countdown order comes, we break up the broccoli into little florets and we put that in a container. So my broccoli is always ready to put in the steamer and go. And that's my prep system. It doesn't take me even an hour. It's very, very simple, but it works because I don't have to think about it because there's consistent triggers and then I have a consistent response. So this is the first thing here. This is the first piece of building sustainable long-term change is that you have actually built these habits long enough. And the cool thing about this, what I love is you don't have to worry about anything else until you've done this, until you've done it long enough. And if you're wondering about how to optimize and you're like, well, what kind of things should I prep and what can I do? Just focus on those core habits and those things work themselves out. It's like this girl that I was talking to the other day and she was struggling with her her skating and she was wondering, well, where do I put my feet? What's the technique? And she just needed to do it more. You learn technique and you problem solve because of repetition, not the other way around. You figure out how to make it work because you do it consistently. You don't do it consistently because you figure out how to make it work. Does that make sense? When you have a consistent action, you work out how to add that into your life with the obstacles around it. It's not the other way around. This is where people get it wrong. They think that they have to create this perfect setup. You don't. You just have to commit to a few things and then you have to make them easy enough to do them. And then you're going to figure out how to work that into your lifestyle and just do it long enough. And if you haven't figured out how to build this into your lifestyle, I want you to just go back and think about these these five things and say, well, and work through them systematically. Which one of these, and veggies are the non-negotiable, Okay. And I would say prep system and a core meal system. These are all, all of them. All of these things are non-negotiables. Go back and just do these consistently. And I don't care what else is happening in your life. You're binging. You've got emotional eating. You eat donuts every day. You drink alcohol. Your meals are not perfect. You cook with oil. All of these things. Going back and do these five actions, you will start to see results. And you can start to change those things further on down the road. The second piece of changing and complete transformation is that you are going to walk through what I call a valley of despair. You need to expect that there are going to be some significant bumps along the road. I want you to expect them. I want you right now to think it is going to be hard and I am going to want to quit. And you're going to get to those points where you're doing the thing and you're not seeing results. And you're not seeing them fast enough either. And the scale goes up and down. And you have a really, really good day and then the scale goes up. That is where most people quit. It's the breakups. It's the death in the family. It's the not feeling motivated. It's the one day of a binge. It's the slipping off for a week. All those things are why people quit. And all those things are why most people will never have these kind of results. Realistically, there is a statistic, and I'm, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but it's this very pervasive, per, pervasive idea that diets just don't work. 
And there's so many statistics on how abysmal diets are for actual, actually long-term weight maintenance that we're getting to a point where a lot of influencers are saying, well, there's no point in dieting at all. And to be honest, I would tend to agree. And the reason for that is, A, people are doing things that they're never going to be able to sustain in the first place. They're just not easy enough. They don't feel full and satisfied. Major red flag. If you feel deprived and even in any way, in terms of actual fullness, physical fullness, you're not going to stick to that. Your hunger override, overdrive, whatever you want to call it, it's going to kick in and it's going to get you looking for food. But apart from that, the reason that this is difficult is that you're in an environment where you're inundated with the easiest, most delicious, most pleasurable option and that those options are things that you've done for 30, 40, maybe more years. And so when it comes to changing that, we have to expect that there's going to be many times along the way where we want to quit and what makes us different and what makes you the hero of the story, what makes you the exception is first of all, you have the, the toolkit. You know what you need to do to succeed. And if you don't, this is the first point. If, if everything I've said before, please go watch that Kickstarter uh, reach out to our, our team. We're going to help you figure what that what that is. And this is the most important part here. But after that, just don't give up. Because the successful people just didn't give up. Like That's the biggest difference. They experienced all those same things. They experienced all the frustration. And they just didn't quit. And so I want you to think about difficulty differently. I want you to think about this as a requirement to success. I want you to think about this as that this is what you need to become the person that you need to be in order to get the results that you want. And that this is you doing your time. And that this is you doing the mahi that you need to do and that every person who has gone before you has had to do, to do as well. And that it is not going to come easy. And that's the reason that it is so worth it when you get there. Because there's not really many things that are easy or that have come easy that are really all that worth having the easiest things tend to be the things that have the most detriment to us and the things that feel the hardest and that cost us the most along the journey are the things that we value most and so really this part here walking through the valley of despair is about recognizing that your journey is a transformation of you becoming the kind of person who can consistently do difficult, boring, unpleasurable, misunderstood, frustrating, slow things and keep going anyway. And not only keep going, but pick yourself up after failure because you will fail. You will have times where you regret the weekend. You will have times where you're like, why did I do that? I know that I didn't need to do that. Do you know the difference between someone who is highly successful and someone who isn't? It's not that they didn't fail. It's that they bounced back a whole lot faster. I'm increasingly convinced that bounce back rate is one of the biggest indicators of long-term success. And I think we have this very erroneous view of success and failure where we think that that failure is an indication, short-term failure I'm talking about, a binge or going off track or anything like that, that that's an indication of long-term success. And it really isn't. The indication of long-term success is what you do afterwards. 
that's what's going to make or break you. So right here, right now, I want you to see this the next year as an opportunity for you to do the things that are required and go through the valley of despair and walk through it and keep going in order for you to emerge victorious the other side. And the way that this helps me is, and, I, and it's not just in weight loss, but it, it's in business, it's in skating, it's in anything, it's in fitness. It's me looking and feeling, it's almost like feeling like I'm part of a club or feeling like I'm part of something special where the only requirements is that I pass some kind of test. I'm a huge fan of the book Red Rising. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has read it. It's a phenomenal book, phenomenal series. And there's a there's a scene in the third book where the the there's two there's two people that are basically they want to become part of this um like elite kind of task force and they put them through this hazing essentially and there's like snakes and cockroaches and it's awful and like all this like awful 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 things that I'm like man I would not like that would not be me I could not handle that and they they do it to these guys and then once they've been through this horrible experience they're like okay you can you can come in you can be part of our group and what they know is that every single person there has experienced that and they've been through it and they survived it and that's why they're there so it's like this is it's the walking through fire it's the refining process where you go everyone has had to do this before me and I just need to do my time and this is just a requirement to me getting on the other side and when you see it like that I think it becomes a whole lot less emotional it's just this feeling of like okay like I I just need to walk through it it's like birth you have to go through birth you be you you get pregnant you're going along that you have to go through birth or something c-section whatever it is to get the baby out there's something that happens. There's a transitional period. And this is what that transitional period is. So every time that you say that it's hard, every time it's hard because you're busy, tired, kids, work, stress, there's no time, the answer is yes. The answer is yes, it's hard. And it's hard because you're continuing to keep going and you're sacrificing without the assurance of success. But you do have the assurance of success. You can be assured that the people who keep going and don't see results and do those core habits anyway, they do see success. These are the actions of people who succeed. The actions of people who succeed are the people that do it every day anyway. And they go through this frustration too. So you succeed by just not giving up. This is one of the biggest pieces here. You are building different reps. This is another thing that I love about this is that when you're building your reps in a normal environment and you're feeling fine and you're not busy and you can like go out and put a salad together super leisurably and you sit down. Have you ever seen an influencer online and they're like, I need, I want to like take my time, like cooking my food and really being present and then I'm going to sit outside in the sun I'm not going to use my phone and I'm going to just eat that and be mindful of every bite you ever seen that you know what a lot of the times I'm eating at my desk and I'm standing up and I'm scarfing down porridge while I'm on a zoom call 
or I'm like making something and then I'm eating it in the car and I'm looking at my phone because I'm working at the same time. Like This is my life. But what happens is that when we do things in the times where they're most difficult and we have a really consistent pattern of doing the opposite so if we would typically have an emotional day or have a busy day and revert to takeout and then you don't revert to takeout you go and then eat a potato instead you're building different reps there you're actually building even stronger reps because the more that you do something when you have got when it's even harder to do it that solidifies that habit even more so I like to think of these almost as like as these supercharged reps And so if you're struggling to stay consistent and then you go and stay consistent anyway, you eat that healthy meal anyway, that's like five points. That's not just one rep, that's worth five. It's like Super Mario and like sometimes he goes and he he touches a mushroom. Please don't quote me on this. I really don't know what I'm talking about. I know the concept of it. There's times where he grows a little bit and he's like, woo. And then there's sometimes where he gets like some kind of bonus points and he's just like, woo. And he jumps up and he's just going, he's like, he's huge. And that's what it happens when you do that. Because you're building new evidence. You're breaking a pattern and you're breaking a limiting belief. And it's not actually even about a limiting belief. People talk about this all the time. I ah, oh, There's so much woo that I don't love. You probably know this by now. If you listen to the podcast, I'm not a woo person in any way, shape or form. And people talk about limiting beliefs and they're like, just, you know, that's a limiting belief. Yeah, you have a limiting belief if you don't have any evidence that there's anything different. You have a limiting belief that you can't lose weight? Of course you have a limiting belief you can't lose weight. Because what evidence have you had that it ever works in the past? You know how you break a limiting belief? It's just evidence. You don't have to work on your mindset. You just have to do one tiny action that breaks that pattern. And you can break that pattern in a small way and still break that belief system. Because it gives you new evidence that a different response is possible. This is all you're doing. So having a minimum requirement of the first step of the habit that you want to complete so that you can still complete it in your worst moments and break the cycle there and build on that as you go. And so there's a story of SpudFit that I absolutely love. I did a podcast episode with him a few years ago and he said that When he was losing, I think he lost like over 100 kilos, huge amount of weight, like 160 pounds, something like that. He would drive into the McDonald's car park and he really would want to eat McDonald's. And he would say to himself, you know what, you can eat McDonald's, just have to eat this container of potatoes first. So all he set for himself was a minimum requirement of the first step of the habit, an action, not an inaction. He set for himself, you can win Even if you eat McDonald's, you just have to do this one action first. What would happen was he'd eat that full container of potatoes, be full and satisfied, and then drive out of the drive-thru again without eating McDonald's. So you want to do a similar thing so that in your worst moments, you have one tiny action step that is the start of the quote-unquote perfect action so that you can get those reps in and you can break those belief systems. So for me, I've talked about this before, I just walk into the gym. If I can't do a full workout, I walk into the gym. I quite often just walk up the stairs and I'll do one or two exercises or I'll hop on uh, the treadmill and I'll walk for a little bit while watching a show because I'm like, that's what's going to get me in the door. And then I'll walk out again. And I've done this on the way to getting takeout. 
I've gone in non-workout clothes to the gym for five minutes while I'm waiting for something that I've ordered. And it works. Like I can do eight pull-ups now. All right? Like this works because you're just not giving up. So this is where you become the hero of your own story. This is where you break those limiting beliefs because you now have new evidence. Frodo has a guide and a friend along the way. Frodo becomes the kind of person as he works, walks through that. So if you are struggling with this part, please can I, can I recommend to you that you probably do need a bit of help. That people who do this successfully, one of the hallmarks that they have is that they do have accountability, they have help, they have community along that way. And when you're going through the valley of despair, knowing that someone else believes in you and can see the change in you and that other people who have gone before you have done the same there is nothing more powerful than that so if you do not have that make it a priority to get it number three is maintain and change so maintaining the results that you have is going to come down to three things the first one is those habit reps if you don't have that right now you just need to focus on number one which is going and getting your reps you just need more time to do them don't worry about anything else Number two is consistency in the board, boring, frustrating, hard moments. And that's where do it, going through the valley of despair is. That's all it is, is you just need to do those things more and go through more hard times. That's how you know that you can maintain it. That's where you get assurance. That's where you get food freedom. That's where you get confidence. The confidence that I, I have that I'm not going to gain this weight back is just evidence of four years. It's just evidence of going through the worst times, the times where I was like wanted to give up on my life, went through every imaginable piece of crap and still have maintained my weight and have been through many, many failures along the way. That's just evidence. Like it's nothing special. It's just time and it's just evidence and it's just repetition. The third piece of this is building something that is sustainable. And when people talk about sustainability, I think it's such an airy fairy term that we we can't quantify what that looks like. And I'm going to attempt to do that right now. I believe that sustainability is finding something and change that you build routines around and is consistent for your lifestyle. So it's built on the back of the first two, but then it's making some decisions. And it's making decisions about what kind of lifestyle you want to have in order to keep or maintain the goals that you have for yourself. And this is something that you can conceivably do for the rest of your life. Now, before you get up and say, hey, well, I can't do this for the rest of my life. You're a result of the habits that you have. You are the sum of the behaviors and the habits and the routines that you have. So you can change what you could do for the rest of your life simply by doing more repetitions of it, which is why we always do the first thing first. I have no trouble believing that I will be going to the gym consistently for the next however many years, 50 years of my life. Like that excites me. But if you were to ask me that same thing five years ago, I would have said, no, that like I can't even believe, imagine that, that sounds horrible. So that's just because I've built a routine around it and it's part of my lifestyle. So don't discount who you or what you could be doing long term just because it's not normal for you right now this is really really important sustainability is going to look different for different people based on where their habits are so people like chef aj who doesn't eat any kind of processed food brings an instant pot with her to hotels 
doesn't have any sugar, doesn't have any croissants. That's sustainable for her because it's what her routine and what her behavior and what her habits look like. It's literally just, it's just what she does. So sustainability is really just about routine. So for me, like I do eat some processed food. Am I saying that I couldn't cut that out? No, I could cut that out, but that's not the decision that I've made for myself. And that's just not what my routine supports. So you got to make some decisions about what that looks like. And please remember, this is the last step. You build these other two things first. This is like you being a master painter. You think about master painters, they need to understand the basics of human form. They copy a lot of things first and then they can experiment and get creative. So you start by building those repetitions and then you can kind of tweak and say, you know what, sometimes I'm going to go out to eat. Well, sometimes I'm going to drink. Sometimes I'm going to do this. You're going to figure out what those things are, but you build the reps first. You do your time first. So your routines are going to determine what your normal is and you need to create systems around what normal looks like so that you can build reps around those things and the reason that people get results and then lose them is that they start to change their routines if you have someone who was really really strong and they worked out like every week in the gym they start to lose muscle when they don't go to the gym anymore something in their routine changed if you have someone who is really consistent with their diet they don't go out to eat and then some where along the line they do start going out to eat and that's not just once a month maybe that's like every couple of weeks or maybe it's every week the reason that they're going to have different results now is because their routines and their actions change and so really when we think about not maintaining the results that we see all we're really saying is that our routines changed in some way we're not saying that we're a failure. We're not saying that we've slipped in any way. We're just saying that our routines change. And a lot of the time, this is simply because we've never thought about what we want them to look like. And we've never actually made those decisions about consistency. And if you don't make those decisions, then you're always going to have to make them in the moment. And if you have to make them in the moment, then they're not routines. They're not consistent. So therefore, you are susceptible to whatever's just happening in your environment and whatever you feel about any in any given moment let me give you an example if you have a routine where you go out for dinner once a a week and you don't go out for dinner more than that but that's part of your routine if you have a friend that invites you to go out to dinner and you've already been once then now you've been out twice and now you're out of the routine that you've set let's say your friend comes along the next day or you have a party and you're going out again the following week how many times do you go out for dinner is it just going to be whenever you're invited out? What do you order when you're out? The way that you get consistent or the way that you get those results at last is that you you got to make those decisions about what that looks like. Do you go out once a week? Do you say no? If you are going to go out once a week, then you're going to have times when you say no. If you are going to go out more than once a week, well, what's the breaking point where you go, well, at some point I'm not going to do it. If you go out five times in one week, are you going to go out for the rest of the month? Like You have to think about these things as well. You have to think about the fact that People who do get results and maintain them have predictability. They understand what they will do and what they don't. They have boundaries around their behavior for these different scenarios. They have their core things that they do every day. And then they have these other situations where they know how they're going to act in them. They know what they're going to do when they go out to dinner. They know whether they're going to drink or not. They know what their routine is going to look like. And they stay boring and consistent with that. So we need to make decisions about our routines and we need to understand that those things need to stay consistent and if they don't stay consistent, then our results will change. 
So what are your non-negotiables? What does your bare minimums look like? I'm going to share with you what mine are. So mine are that I eat vegetables every day. And sometimes this changes. And you know what? The reason that it changes is because there's not enough consistency in my repetition. If I don't have vegetables every day, it's because I haven't prepped enough or I haven't planned or I haven't prioritized that in some way. So that's me just getting in the reps where I need to go, hey, look, I'm in a busy season in my life. I'm going to have to eat vegetables every day. So I'm going to have to cook them up the night before or find something that's easier because I'm not getting a chance to, to actually stop in my work day right now. Home environment, having consistency in my home environment, making sure that there are foods that don't come into my home, that trigger foods for me. There are foods that I simply don't eat. I don't drink fizzy drinks. I don't drink juice. I don't bring alcohol into my home. It's a non-negotiable for me. And there's many times that I'm like, you know what, a cider would feel really, really good right now. I want to just go up to the shops and buy one and sit on the, uh, on the porch with Nick. But... I need to have routines and I need to have consistency and boundaries. Otherwise, when does that stop? What does that look like? So for me, like, it's like, that's just a decision that I've made. So now it's on autopilot. Now I have a routine and a pattern around that. Will I drink occasionally when I go out to eat? Yeah. Or when I go out with friends? Yeah. But I don't bring it home. So this is what I'm talking about, about decisions and routines that allow you to stay consistent because they become your non-negotiables. I also have my workout. So I work out at least three times a week and that's just a non-negotiable for me. That will happen. And if it has to happen at 8 p.m. at night, it will happen. If it has to be a me going in the door for five minutes, it will happen. It's a non-negotiable. I also have my core habits when I, it comes to cooking. I don't cook with oil. I don't even have oil in my house. I was trying to do a video the other day and we, we had some olive oil because Nick uses it in the bread that he makes. And I couldn't find any other oil apart from that to do my example because we just simply don't have it. So that's a core habit for me. I cook with water. I also cook with a ton of vegetables. That's a non-negotiable for me. I will not make a meal that doesn't have a lot of vegetables. I'm always asking how can I put more in. And so this is how you take something from being short-term to being long-term. It's recognizing that you might want to be flexible and you might want to when you think about sustainability, you might want to just go with the flow, but that's not actually how it works. Sustainability is about you making decisions about what your routines are going to look like and then sticking to them. That's what sustainability is. Sustainability is all about you having a consistent response to consistent stimuli. Because otherwise, that's not sustainable because you're changing and you're susceptible to whatever's, whatever changes there are in your environment. So I hope that this has given you a different perspective on what sustainably, sustainability and maintaining the changes that you make actually looks like. So to recap what we've talked about today, there are three pillars to actually changing. It's going to take time because you have to do the first one, which is solidify your core habits. You must get those repetitions in. You need to do actions rather than inactions because you can get more reps. The second one is that you're going to do your time. You're going to walk through the valley of despair. It is going to be hard. So what? It's hard. We all did it. Anyone who's been out the other side, you will have to do it too. See it as part of a necessary part of your journey. Embrace it. The third one is that you're going to have to create consistent routines and that is what sustainability looks like. You're going to have to make decisions about what you will and won't do. And that's how you maintain results that you have. 
if in doubt, go back to those core habits. Those should be the things that you do without fail and that you will continue to do for the rest of your life. I hope that you found this episode helpful. Uh, it's definitely given me a lot of thought, especially around those that third thing, because I've realized that there are things where I am not consistent in my responses and I, I definitely am going to go away and work out what I want that to look like so I can build more reps around those things. If you are needing help on your journey, if you are like the majority of people, 99% of people who need a little bit of help along the way in order to build these habits and have some accountability, then reach out to our team. I'm going to put a link in the description. We would love to hop on a strategy call with you. There is no obligation. Just make sure that you turn up, please. And we will talk to you about how we can help you um, and give you some tips along that way. I will see you next week for another episode. Thank you so much for listening. I do not take that lightly. And if you like this episode and you like the Lean of Plants podcast and you want to give back, please go and leave a review. This is how the podcast grows. It's how I know that it is helpful and valuable to you. It is the thing that gets me continuing to really enjoy this platform. So please go and do that. I read every single review and I appreciate every single one. We have over a thousand ratings um, on the Apple podcast now, which is wild. So please go and make that a thousand and one. All right. This really is goodbye. I'll see you next week. Bye.